To be a change agent as a leader, change is the hardest thing to to push through an organization. People typically are nervous about change. They, they don't know what's around the corner. But in this world, it's changing as fast as it is. If you don't keep up and you don't change, you're going to fall behind. The oil and gas industry, the driving engine of the world economy, delivering prosperity, innovation and abundance across the globe. Here are the stories of its key players, directly from the leaders themselves. This is Bulwark's Oil and Gas Industry Leaders Podcast, where real experiences are passed on from the leaders of today to the leaders of tomorrow. Here is your host, Paige Wilson. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm sitting here this afternoon in lovely Nashville, Tennessee with my guest, Robert Grimes. Correct. Managing Director of Bulwark. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing fantastic. Beautiful day out today. It's much better than when we got here yesterday. Yes. It's gorgeous. Beautiful blue sky. I was wondering if I was going to get to see the sun. I go from one hurricane to the other. <laughs> it's nice today. Yes, I, it, it's absolutely fantastic. So uh, before we go deeper into your current role, could you please tell our audience of how you got started in the industry? Absolutely. So I went to Georgia Tech. I'm a rambling wreck and an engineer, a mechanical engineer, and uh, worked my way through school. So I actually did what they call as co-oping program. Uh-huh. And I worked in the aerospace industry for a little while there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So we were making airplane blades and discs that the blades go in. Oh, that's neat. That was my college job. So I would work a quarter and then I would go to school a quarter working on my mechanical engineering degree. And upon graduation, I was looking for a job just like most folks and interviewing in a lot of different places. And my roommate, my college roommate said, would you be interested in my dad's company? And I said, what company is that? And he said, Red Cap Industries. And I, of course, had never heard of Red Cap Industries, but it was an apparel company. And I said, sure. One of 40 interviews and went and started talking to the folks at Red Cap. Really liked the program that they would put new hires in as an industrial engineer. So graduating as a mechanical engineer, but my job would be an industrial engineer. So what's the difference? Mechanical engineer is much more technical from a vibrations, thermodynamics, statics and dynamics area, whereas industrial engineering is much more watching people work and understanding how to make their work more efficient. So a lot of the principles are applicable in both sides. Okay. Uh, industrial engineering is um, a little more personable. You know, you get to work with people a little bit more, which definitely spoke to me. And in this particular role, they were going to give me quite a bit of autonomy pretty quickly being an engineer in a, in a manufacturing plant very quickly. So a little bit of training and then have my own plant. Very, very interested in, in that. And sure didn't help that uh, my roommate was the president of the company. So it, oh, well. it's always what you know, but, you know, who you know can be even more important at times. Yes, I'm, you're absolutely right about that. So now that we know where you started, can you discuss your journey working here at Bulwark? Sure, sure. So... I started as an engineer and did that for a few years. And kind of the career track at the time was if you if you had the aptitude to move into other disciplines, they'd like to get you into management. So I did move into management, managed a couple of sewing facilities, moved around the southeast. So I started in Mississippi, a couple of plants, and I moved to Kentucky. 
and then I moved to North Carolina. And during that time, it, it was in the, the mid to late 90s, a lot of offshore manufacturing. We're moving a lot of, uh, a lot of production to Mexico and Honduras. Mm-hmm. So our plants were, we probably had 20 plus plants at the time, and we were reducing those quite quickly. And they were looking for talent to come into headquarters to move into some of our branded, branded products into our business. And I had the opportunity to move into Bulwark Protective Apparel, our flame-resistant brand, and run, run products. So I did merchandising and product development and product design, picked up a little marketing in there, a little bit of business work. Did that for a number of, of years and uh, moved into an area that we call customization. It's, it's where we take garments and we modify them after manufacturing. So we'll add embroidery. We'll add reflective striping. Mm-hmm. We may add fabric overlays to really make that product customized to what the customer wants. And we've been doing that for a number of years, but it was really not a area of our company that we spent a lot of money on to make sure we were doing it right. So it was kind of a startup, and I was able to kind of create a business inside our business in that customization area. And after several years of that, I had the opportunity to move back into Bulwark, the flame-resistant brand, as a business leader. And that's where I've been since 2010. Yeah, I noticed walking around here, everybody's got the year they started on their door. Yes. And we're talking about, it was, it, it. I haven't seen everybody's, but I think the latest has been 2006. Yeah, I, I was, I think they put established. I was established in 1995. So I have 22 years with VF and we have a lot of people that have worked here their entire careers. I am a career person at VF. And, uh, and for everybody that doesn't understand who VF is, could you explain that? Sure. So VF Corporation, publicly traded company. We are the largest worldwide apparel and footwear company, and we have a variety of retail brands that most people listening to this podcast would would know, like the North Face, mm-hmm. Vans, Timberland, Wrangler, Lee Jeans, very 20-plus retail brands. And in that company, they have a workwear division where Bulwark, mm-hmm. Protective Apparel, and Red Cap are brands that are, are major brands here out of this business, industrial brand and red cap and the flame resistant brand. And that's, that's under the image wear. That is under right? image wear or VF workwear. Okay. As we're becoming. Yes. Oh, is that changing? Yes. Yeah, so we've uh, started offering some of the Wrangler products within our company. Okay. Now. So, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. That's just for, more for me. Yeah. That's good. I write that down. Yeah. We're really VF workwear now. Well, because I looked at everybody's LinkedIn and I was like, I don't know. This is all confusing me now because I had it figured out. I was like, okay, parent company is broken up by, you know, the the way it's used. And then, and then I saw yours and it said workwear. And I was like, what is happening? My face is melting. Imageware was a broad term that we used because we had two businesses that we rolled up together that didn't really quite match. We had this industrial business, this workwear business out of Nashville, and we had a licensed sports group out of Tampa. So we did Super Bowl t-shirts, Major League Baseball t-shirts. We actually did all of the on-field Major League Baseball apparel. And that's that, pretty that, cool. That is image conscience. And then what we do in Workwear is very image focused, so they they name the two groups image wear. Gotcha. But okay. And then we divested of the Tampa group, so we sold that to Fanatics. Okay. So all of that is gone, and so now it's just a Nashville business. So really, image wear doesn't need to be the broad 
reaching term workware defines who we are here. That actually makes a lot more sense. I, I, I like that. Yeah. I was like, That's what why. is that? I was like, what the hell? And, pe- and certain people still probably put imageware on their cards or say imageware and social media or LinkedIn. And some people have gone ahead and made the transition. I, I, I'm workware. I, I want people to know what we do. Yeah. Imageware. What does that really mean? Yeah. That's why I was so confused. And Mark kept correcting me. And I'm just like, I'm just going to say bulwark. How about that? That's good. Just stick with bulwark. That's good. Yeah. So what are some of the challenges you've kind of faced being here at Bulwark or kind of fill me in on what you do now? Yeah. So I kind of mentioned one of them when when I was coming up uh, in my career working in manufacturing where I built my my base knowledge of this business, we were like many companies moving products around the world to, to have the best cost. And a lot of our sewing operators and it's very manual job, sewing garments together, cutting garments, moving those people, those, those facilities to Mexico and Honduras. So we were shutting down factories in the United States. And and I was part of that and just telling people, that the companies made a decision and they were not going to have a job and managing the, through that with them and uh, going to work for a year and, and working with them and helping them decide what they're going to do with their career, go back to school, get another trade, helping them. Walmart's moving in, you know, give them a recommendation to go work at Walmart. There were a tremendous number of challenges at that time because they, these people in the plants are just the salt of the earth, really gold, you know, gold people, golden nuggets there. And, and that was a very tough time for me, for sure. I can, I can only imagine. I, I wouldn't know even how to remotely handle that. Yeah. I, it was a special time for me. I look back on it. I think I'm a better manager and leader because of that. Being very sensitive to, to people is a very important piece of what we all do. And, and that really helped build my, perspective on that and gave me good perspective throughout my career well yeah yeah and i i could see how in i when i had talked with brett earlier the passion y'all you all very that resonates within each of you and how well you all work together to help people yeah you know the safety of their lives they're right. it's pretty genuine and I think you get that a little bit with the amount of tenure of people that are here. We've worked together so long. We want to see each other succeed and we all rally behind common themes. You know, in Bulwark, one of our our common themes is that we're the relentless protector of those that power the world. And it just gets in your soul. People come on our team and see what we're trying to do and, and bring better products to, to the people that power the world, more protective, more comfortable and when you get those notes back that, and we get them, we get them from spouses. My husband was involved in a thermal event. We want to thank Bulwark for the garments that they provide that allowed my husband to go back to work this morning. I mean, those are things that burn in your memory and you never forget them. And you tell people about them and they, you know, it kind of resonates, but once they're on the team and they participate in that, it just, it burns in their soul too. And and you just have a tremendous amount of passion for what we do, and and our entire team is infectious. Yes, it absolutely is. I I'm glad I have this. I, I've been given this chance to have this podcast and have that bulwark name on it. it right. um, I'm very proud of that. So, if you had a, one piece of advice 
to give to our audience, what would it be? To be a change agent as a leader, change is the hardest thing to to push through an organization. People typically are nervous about change. They, they don't know what's around the corner. But in this world, it's changing as fast as it is. If you don't keep up and you don't change, you're going to fall behind. And it's the easiest thing for a company to do is kind of stay where you are. It's the comfortable thing. You know what's what tomorrow will bring. But for you to succeed and grow, you can't sit still. And, and leaders have to be a change agent. And that's tough because it does not happen overnight. You have to earn respect. It's very difficult to come in and create change if, if people have not seen you handle yourself in times of, of trials and to push what needs to happen next is so important. Stay focused on your vision and people will follow and people will definitely support you. And the inertia is the hardest thing to overcome. That big rock that you need to move in a certain place. The first movement of that rock is the very, very hardest. And a lot of times it's because you're pushing by yourself. But once you can get that rock moving in that direction, people know where you're going. People come right behind you and start pushing with you and that rock start starts moving so much faster. So that would be what I would say. Be a change agent. You got to stay up. You got to stay relevant. That's incredible advice. And I, I, it definitely resonates with me because I, I came out of my comfort zone by doing this. And, and so I, I really hope and I really believe in that. Tremendous advice. Yeah, yeah. Another thing, too, is just management style. Let people spread their wings and fly as high as they can fly. You know, uh, one of the things that we all can sometimes get caught up with is giving a little bit too much direction. Just show vision, show destination. Let people get there the way they want to get there. They'll get there faster. They'll get there better. They'll do things that you never thought about doing. And releasing them and, and not micromanaging, just setting direction and being there for them because they'll come back and say, hey, I need help here and, and push them back in that direction. But make sure you let them spread their wings because you'll be amazed at uh, how fantastic people are. And based off of that, that's a, another reason why I think y'all have so many people here that have been here as, you know, you're being a career person. Right. So... Excellent. Which book would you say has influenced you the most? Well, that's a tough one. For me, I've taught small group Bible study for probably 20 plus years. So I probably have my face in the Bible more than any other book. And one of the things that I have learned through that is that this the scripture talks about what we encounter each and every day, whether it's about family, whether it's about work whether it's about the kingdom, those passages and things that I read about can be applied and you can learn from that in so many different areas. And really the teaching aspect of it is what makes it even more important. I mean, you can read, you can read books, but when you have to turn around and teach someone about that book, you learn so much more than you would have ever learned by just reading and comprehending and going on to the next book. So that's how I'd have to answer that question. That's a good answer. Great answer. What would you say is your most used business tool? I think data, understanding your business from kind of the most inward dynamic, inward knowledge, uh, just harnessing data 
is so important. Making decisions based upon gut are, are a lot of times the right decisions, but when you can back that up or you can have data that drives that gut a little bit, a little bit better, we've got a tool here in, in Nashville called Cognos, and it just incorporates a lot of data from a lot of different areas. And we are able to put all that together and, and very quickly we can learn about our, our products, how they're doing, our customers, pricing, inventory levels, all the things that are very, very important to success in our world. Having the data at your fingertips to be able to pull that quickly is super important. We, we have a tool called Cognos that does that for us. Awesome. Now, Brett answered this very well. And I don't know if you want to do it the same way. Did y'all have y'all talked about this question, especially the the most respected competitor? We haven't talked about any of these. I didn't think so. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if I'm gonna give the same answer, but we'll see. Yeah, I just I know it's a, it's a kind of a PR thing. I'm not trying to promote anybody else. No, it's I, just, I'm, I'm prepared for that. I can answer okay, a bit. Good. So, who might you say is your most respected competitor? Well, in our business, we've got a lot of great competitors. In our, in our situation, we have customers that are also our competitors. And these customers are very, very good at what they do. And they're very, very business savvy and have had uh, the opportunity to move into the world where, where they compete with, with what we do. So they're making garments. And Beyond a shadow of a doubt, uh, we give them a tremendous amount of uh, focus and credit. They are outstanding uh, business organizations that, that have um, succeeded through a number of years uh, and continue to grow and be relevant. We're talking about being a change agent. They have changed. Uh, as we're talking about, they at one time didn't make garments. Now they make garments, and that's where we play. So uh, I have a high level of respect for those. Uh, we call them vertical laundries that, that uh, wash clothes, but also make clothes. And they do a fantastic job. Great. Great. What is your most important lesson learned? I think knowing what you want to do with your organization and being very clear about that to your team. Kind of being being unclear, vague in some areas can can really be a stumbling block for getting a team and a company to pull together and and being crystal clear of that communication. You've got to say it. You've got to say it multiple times. You've got to say it multiple ways. You need advocates that that buy in early that can start saying it in their way because they're going to say it a different way than I said it. And getting the team to rally behind that and being very, very clear about that. Is, is something I have definitely learned over my career for sure. What is your favorite podcast? Of course, it's this one. <laughs> I don't, I don't have podcast. I got a, I downloaded it though. So I'm now good. Awesome. <laughs> I, I knew nobody over here listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have, I do listen to sermons. I get online and I have certain churches and pastors that I follow. So I, I do some of that. But as far as a podcast, I'm, I'm not, I don't subscribe. <laughs> you do now. I do now. <laughs> uh, I'm going to leave some of that in there because nobody will ever, people that I know, they, they don't listen. They just go, this one. Yeah. Not even, I don't even know the name of it. Yeah. But this one. <laughs> that's, that's funny. That's fine. <laughs> so tell me more about Bulwark University. 
So Bulwark University is is something that our, our group started probably a little over a decade ago with our passion to educate and make people aware of the hazards that, are, that they face. We found the need to communicate that outward beyond just our salespeople and our internal folks. We wanted to talk to customers. We wanted to talk to the people that actually put the clothing on. And what we found was tremendous amount of misunderstanding, just lack of knowledge in, a, in an area that uh, protects their life. So we put together something that we, we termed Bulwark University that has several different modules in which we do live trainings around the country. We do webinars. We have voiceover PowerPoints. We have a variety of different ways to get different content out. We have anything from a two-day session to a one-hour seminar to 15-minute voiceover PowerPoints that are very effective in delivering a message and helping educate the end user to the, the hazards uh, that, our, that our wearers are faced with each and every day, which is primarily arc flash hazard and flash fire hazard for oil and gas and electrical utility workers. Now, can you explain, get a little deeper into what those are exactly? Because there might be people in the sure. audience that don't quite understand. So arc flash, we'll start with that one, is, is a very quick, high-energy blast. Mm-hmm. And it can last well less than a tenth of a second, but deliver extremely high temperature, concussion blow, and ultimately that explosion can ignite your clothing on fire. And then if you're not wearing flame-resistant clothing, your clothing will continue to burn on you, and that's what brings terrible damage. Flash fire is a longer duration. So typically like an oil and gas, you might have propane ignite and you may have a three second fireball. The temperature is not nearly as hot and intense as an electrical arc flash, but the amount of time is much longer. So you've got three seconds, maybe even more than that, that uh, compared to a tenth of a second. So very, very high intensity, short duration electrical arc course related to electrical explosions and then flash fire is longer less intense primarily focused around the oil and gas industry excellent yeah if you want to win a 200 dollars steak dinner from the capitol grill and who wouldn't right robert absolutely visit www.bulwark.com forward slash podcast every week enter your information and listen to next week's show to see if your name is chosen as always a link will be provided in the show notes to make it easier to enter as the relentless protector of those that power the world bulwark is the leader not to mention the largest manufacturer of flame resistant clothing globally so once you've signed up for that steak dinner be sure to check out the rest of bulwark's website to learn more so thank you so much for having me my pleasure really enjoyed this time yeah this is it's been a a great experience so if people want to get to know more about you or more about your part here at bulwark where can they go well they can go to my linkedin Mm -hmm. uh, robert grimes on linkedin uh, as well as our bulwark.com to see the products and services that we offer yeah and and if they specifically want to learn about how they can get more information about bulwark university is that under the resources tab there's an education and training tab yes and you can sign up for some of those events on the web page oh excellent excellent and i'll make sure i'll put a link in the show notes for Perfect. everybody Great. So, all right so this concludes this episode so just remember it's up to you to open the next door <laughs> 
Tune in next week for another intriguing episode of Bulwark's Oil and Gas Industry Leaders Podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Learn more at oilandgasindustryleaders.com.